So glad to be here today. Um, if you're new, welcome. My name is Brandon, and I'm one of the leaders here over here at our Marathon campus. And uh, man, just delighted that you're here with us. I know that um, today is a, is a special day. It's a great day for us as a church family. Um, we do this typically once every six months, um, but because of COVID, this is the first time in two years we've been able to do it. So we're having our baby blessing, which is why a lot of you guys are here today, grandparents and family. We're just so delighted that you're here with us. It's a, it's a fun day. Um, we have 16 babies today, which is wild to think about. And and that doesn't even represent all the babies. And so, you know, way to go, parents. Good job over COVID, you know, just continuing to have a good marriage and uh, thankful for you all that we kept increasing and not decreasing. And uh, it's, a, it's a fun morning. You know, we're in the middle of a teaching series um, here at Marathon and uh, we're actually gonna hit pause today. And I just, the, the more I thought about this morning, I didn't wanna just work baby blessing into this morning. I didn't want it just to be an add on to, to what we typically do. And so wanted to just give more energy and time and thought to, to really helping us as a church family understand the significance of children in, in, in their eyes. And so this morning, this is gonna kind of be front and center for us. And so I wanna just kind of give us a, a, a direction where we're gonna be headed this morning, like baby blessing. You know, some of you, you've been a part of our family for a long time. Others of you, maybe this is the first time. And I wanna just kind of give us some context for what this morning is gonna look like and what we're doing. And so I hope to accomplish four things. You know, the first thing that we're gonna do is in this morning is, is just cultivate the spirit of, of gratitude, just thanksgiving to God. We're gonna thank God for for all these healthy babies. And honestly, for you, you kind of take that back, like healthy deliveries and healthy moms and healthy babies. And, and it's like, those things are not given, right? Like that's, that's an extraordinary gift from God. And so this morning, we wanna just like, not just take these things for granted, but to, to thank God. Um, the second thing we wanna do is I wanna introduce you um, to all these new children that have been added to our family so that we can welcome them, so that we can know them by name, who they are, their families. The third thing I wanna do is, is give a charge to the parents um, and the grandparents and then us as a church family. And then the fourth thing is one of our elder couples, Brent and Lisa Baldwin, are gonna just pray a blessing, not just over our kids and our families, but over our whole church family. And so I'm, I'm super excited this morning. I, wanna, I know that there's gonna be lots of crying and you know, lots of movement, in, in la and that's honestly a good thing. That's, and so don't feel bad about that. Like, I know it's, it, you might be distracted, but we're all here, right? Like, we're excited to be here. We chose to be here this morning, and so we're, we're ready for it. Um, I, wanna, I wanna start out this morning by just um, giving a, a charge to, to the parents and, you know, to, to really help you understand it, just a few things. And, you know, I've been a parent for nine years. I'm by no means an expert. There are plenty of you who should be up here doing this. Um, but, but I wanted to just kind of give a charge to the parents um, first, you know, um, thinking about this, praying about this moment, this day. And, and so for, for those of you who are going to be walking across, you know, I would call it a stage, but just the floor here in just a minute, you know, children are a gift to you from God. You know, so, so as, as, as much as your kids are wiggling in your arms and you're like, man, how long is he going to talk? Like, just soak in this moment for a minute. They're a gift to you from God. Psalm 127 verse three says that children are a heritage for the Lord. Another translation says that they are God's special gift. And so this doesn't mean that, that, that God favors you over people who don't have children. That's not what God's saying at all. He's just simply wanting those of you who have children to understand the uniqueness of this gift compared to the other gifts in your life. 
So think about the, the gifts that are important to you. I'm like, okay, the, the things that have been given to me, I'm like, my chainsaw and, you know, like my lawnmower and my hat that I just, it's like these just silly things, but, but think about like gifts that you've gotten and, 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 we, and we like these things, we enjoy these things, but, but it's like, hey, understand the uniqueness of this gift, that, that children are a gift from God. That what God has chosen to give you is, is this thing that has an eternal soul. You know, with a capacity unlike anything else in creation. Hum, humans have the ability to, to reason and to think, to, the ability to talk. They have a self-will. And, and sometimes that self-will isn't as strong or as stronger than we want it to be, right, parents? And, 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 and you have been entrusted with something that breathes and grows and will, Lord willing, outlive you. And Lord willing, that, that you've been entrusted with this relationship that, that you'll get to enjoy forever in heaven. Parents, you've been given a gift. Not just a gift, you've been given this, this special responsibility. Do you realize that, that you are their primary influence, their role model, their hero? I love what Proverbs chapter 17, 6, because we always think about parents delighting in their kids. And, but listen to what Proverbs 17, verse 6 says. Parents are the pride of their children. Parents are the pride of their children. You know, that, that what is in the hearts of our kids is this, this, this proud to, to be connected to you. They're proud that you're their mom. They're proud that, that you're their, their dad. You know, my wife and I are, are foster parents. We don't currently have kids right now. But, but one of the things that we've learned through classes and through having kids in our home, in, in our home is that, that kids have a special love for their parents. Even when their parents have done terrible things to them, that, that kids just have in their heart, their parents are their heroes. That there's a special place that you will forever hold in your kid's heart. And now, and now hear me, that, that you can do things to sabotage that and to mess that up where, where, where you can become this, this, this thing that your kids regret. But I'm telling you, the trajectory of your life is one that, that deep in your heart, your, the kids of your heart, is that you are their hero. You're their primary discipler. Hear me in this, parents. They're going to love what you love. They're going to say what you say. They're going to do what you do. I think about growing up in, in my home, and I have memories of my dad reading his Bible. I have memories of my mom teaching the high school girls Wednesday night class. And my parents taking care of one of my friends whose, whose dad wasn't involved in his life and he was the youngest of six kids and really overlooked and neglected. And my mom goes, no, we're gonna take care of him. We're gonna love on him. And I'm telling you that the things that you're doing, the things that you love will be passed down to your kids. And so my encouragement to you this morning, parents, is love the right things. Spend your lives loving the most important things. Love Jesus and love your spouse. Love the church, love the lost. Your actions are gonna speak so much louder than your words. You know, I was thinking about one last thing to, to you parents. I love the picture that you see in scripture of Joseph and Mary with their son, with their son Jesus. And, and, and you see this in Luke chapter one and two, that, that the things that Mary and Joseph did were, were living into the commands and desires of God, that they made the trip to Jerusalem every year that if it was written in scripture, they were applying it and it blessed their son immensely. And I'm going, parents, 
love the things that matter most in this world. And those things will translate to your kids. I want to give a charge to the grandparents. You know, all of you, this is the most grandparents think we've ever had a baby blessing. This is amazing. And so seriously, I've been excited all week just to think about, you know, you, you being here today to, to, to be a part of this special celebration with your grandkids and to being part of our, our worship this morning. And, and I love, you know, for you grandparents, you know, Proverbs 17, 6, it says that, that grandchildren are a crown to the aged. They're a crown. You know, you know, listen to this, grandparents. A, a, a crown is, is symbolic of triumph. A, a crown is, is symbolic of a reward. You know, the, the fact that you have relationship with your child, <laughs> celebrate that. Like, that's a big deal. That you didn't screw them up so much that they don't want anything to do with you. They love you. It's a huge relationship, a huge honor that, that you have a relationship with your kids. It's an, it's an honor that, that you're getting to sit here with your grandkids to see the next generation of your love and your heart and your faithfulness being passed down from your kids now to your grandkids. And, and I just encourage you to, to feel that this morning. It's a gift, and, and I encourage you to, to let this gift lead you to live a life of, of thanksgiving and love and service to the Lord. Grandparents, your, your grandkids need to see an example from you. The same that is true for, for the parents is the same that is true for you. Their, your grandkids are gonna love the things that you love. They're gonna talk about the things that you talk about. They're gonna be passionate about the things that you're passionate about. My grandmother... You know, every Sunday night, we'd, we'd, have, we'd have church at six o'clock and, and we'd have a time of, of worship at five. For anyone who wanted to come in and worship, my grandmother would always go. And she'd swing by my house and she'd pick me up. And I go, I learned watching my grandmother how to worship the Lord. Your kids are watch, watching you. Your grandkids are watching you. Do you worship harder in front of the TV on Saturday? Then you do in the presence of the Lord on Sunday and your kids are going to be passionate about the things that you're passionate about. Grandparents, love your, your spouse well. You know, show your grandkids how to treat one another. Imitate and model for them the relationship that you want to see in them. Grandparents, serve people. Show them what it looks like to actually follow Jesus. Grandparents, tell them the stories of God in your life. They want to know. Tell them about the things that God has done in your life, the way that he's pursued you and changed you and worked in your heart. Let them see not just all the, the blessings, but let them see the mess ups in time. Grandparents, wear that crown proudly. It's a reward. To us as a church family, man, children are a gift to us. And I think sometimes, man, we can, we can separate these, and I don't think they're supposed to be separated. Or days like today, they're not just a celebration for the, for the kids and the families. They're a celebration for us as a church family. You know, when someone um, comes to our church family who wants to be a part of our church family, we celebrate that. We, we welcome that. And why do we do that? Because we understand that, that these people are made in the image of God. 
that they are someone that, 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 that has intrinsic value, that, that they're someone to get to know and to love, that they have gifts and knowledge and wisdom and insight into the heart of God. And so we welcome new people into the family. We're excited when new people come into our family. And the same is true for kids. You know, it's not a given that we're always gonna have a bunch of little kids in our church. But right now in this season, man, look around, hear all the noise. And some of you parents are like, man, I can't wait for the day when I get to sit through church. And, but man, for us as a church family, kids bring so much. They bring noise, amen. But with that noise, they bring joy, that they bring passion. You know, you know it when a kid is upset. We could learn some passion from our kids. They teach us truth. They teach us love. You know, my kids teach me so much. My kids call me out when I'm being duplicitous. <laughs> Dad, you said we couldn't do this. Why are you doing that? My kids have a heart for justice. The other day, one of the neighbors was over and, and they weren't being nice to one of my kids and one of my other kids was inside and they found out about it and they're storming out of the house like, uh-uh, you're not gonna treat my family like that. They have a heart that, that you treat people right. Kids have a, a genuine love for people. We pass people on the side of the street and my kids are not hardened, they're not calloused. They go, oh, dad, we gotta help. You see, our kids, they teach us so much about God. And I don't want us as a church family to miss the lessons that God is trying to teach us through our kids. And, and, and I want us to hear as church that they're not just a gift to us and they're most certainly not a nuisance to us. These kids have been entrusted to us as a church family. I love what Proverbs 22 verse six says. It says, start children off the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. And I've always thought about that as a parent, but I want to charge us to think about that as a church. What if we viewed this as a church family, that, that if we will start children off on the right way, even when they grow old, they'll not turn from it. You know, one of the stories that, that bothers me in scripture, and, and, and you could find this anywhere in scripture, right? Like if my wife was in scripture, there are gonna be plenty of, of, of blunders and things that I wish that, that weren't, weren't written in there. But in 2 Kings chapter 20, it's talked about this, this man named King Hezekiah, and, and Hezekiah did a lot of good things. But, but there's this moment that I read this part in scripture and it just, it just gets under my skin because what happens is that this word comes to King Hezekiah that, that things are gonna be fine in his lifetime, but after he dies and after he goes to, to be with the Lord, what's gonna happen in the next generation is that, that his kids and that generation is gonna be taken into slavery and things are gonna be hard and they're gonna be far from God. And, and you, know what, you know what Nehemiah, or not Nehemiah, you know what Hezekiah says? This is, this is what's written in scripture, 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 19. He says, this word is good, listen to this, because he thought there will be peace and security in my lifetime. And I go, man, to, to be so self-focused, to be so consumed about yourself, you completely miss the, the generational impact, the, the contending for the next generation, the legacy that, that comes up after us. And I'm telling you, church, this generation that is now babies sitting in our laps, they need you. They, they need us to, to teach them. And I'm not just talking to parents, I'm talking to, the, to, to every one of us that's a part of this family. The, these kids need us. 
to teach them and to invest in them and to love them. You know, growing up, I think about all the ways that people besides my parents shaped me. I think about all the the people that, that led Sunday school. Every Sunday morning, just faithfully, you know, we were camping with Courtney's family last week and they were telling about this woman in her church that for 40 years has, has faithfully taught. And I'm going to think about 40 different groups of kids that have been impacted. All the people that, 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 that showed up and just week in and week out taught the kids in the kids class. And I'm telling you, you might not see the fruit right now, but you're, bearing, you're planting seeds in the ground that will bear fruit years after you're gone. And you want to talk about thinking about yourself. I mean, we can so easily come into this place and go, man, I've had a hard week and I'm going through this. And there's a time for that, to bear our hearts and to open up. Man, but there's also a sowing to be done in the next generation. Maybe it's not just serving with kids class. I think about, about men in the church that invested in me. Guys, I think about a guy named Donnie Winchester. Gary and Leah know Donnie. You know, Donnie, was, he, he loved fishing. And so he, he'd come and he'd pick up me and my brother and he'd take us fishing. Or this guy in our church that loved riding bikes and he'd come and take me and my brother on bike rides because he loved it and he understood the significance of other men pouring into us. And I'm going, that's gonna be the charge that I want to, to, for you to invest in my kids and to, to invest in your kids. I think about all the adults growing up that just showed up week in and week out. And my encouragement to us as a church family is let's not miss this opportunity it's getting louder in here, but don't, don't miss this. Let's not miss the opportunity to raise up a righteous generation. Let's not miss an opportunity to help this generation avoid the pitfalls that we fell in. I'm almost done. Listen to this. If you're a part of our church family, a couple things, very practically. Hey, every chance that you get, Encourage the kids that are part of this church family. I go, do you realize that, that we get to help shape the culture of what church is like for kids? Man, of course it's fun to hang out with your friends and of course it's fun to play sports and of course it's fun to, to go to the playground and sit in front of TV and watch your shows. But I go, man, I want church to be the place that they long to be. And do you know how, how, how that comes to be? When they feel loved. And they feel like they matter. And, and when you encourage them, I go, encourage these kids. Every chance that you get, get to know them. Some of these kids are incredibly shy. Some of you are shy. It takes time, but it's worth it. Man, play tag. Every Sunday after church, there's an epic game of tag going on in this room. You know when, Finn. Every time after church. Play tag with the kids. Sit with the kids at church. Parents can use help holding. <laughs> they could use a break. Get to know the families in the room. Babysit for these families. Every time people babysit for us, my kids wake up every morning. They're asking about them. <laughs> hey, where's so-and-so? It's like they think that you spent the night at our house. <laughs> but you pour into our kids and, and they notice and it makes a difference. Guys, we have the job of, of recognizing not that one day our kids will be able to have a contribute because um, one day our kids will be able to contribute in an incredibly significant way. But we have the job of naming that, that they have things to offer right now. 
that, that they have gifts and abilities and things to teach us about God. And so may we open our arms to the children. May we raise up succeeding after succeeding generation of kids that love and follow Jesus. All right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna um, take the next few minutes and, and just introduce the families. And so I think Jill has sent an uh, instruction out to all the families. And so I encourage you guys right now to, to line up where you're supposed to line up. And, and so what, what's gonna happen is, is that we're going to, Jill's gonna get up here, our kid's pastor, and Jill's gonna introduce each family and, and bring them up front and give them a Bible. And, and when Jill introduces them, they come up here, let's give them a round of applause and, and, and celebrate them, be excited for them. And so we're going to um, usher each family one at a time. And then after that, what we're gonna do is we're gonna put up a slide and, and Jill's gonna lead us through this. It's gonna be us kind of committing us, us saying, hey, you know what? We are gonna live into these things. And so she's gonna kind of give us a slide, lead us through a phrase of us literally just kind of stepping into the things that I invited us into. And then Brent and Lisa are gonna pray for all these families at the end. And so, um, yeah, I do. Yes, I do. Um, I wanna introduce to you our two interns, um, Mackenzie, Mackenzie Johnson and Claire Grant. Mackenzie, will you raise your hand? Mackenzie's here in the green jail. Let's give it up for Mackenzie. And Claire, where's Claire? And Claire's in the back, so let's give it up for Claire. They are amazing, just women of God that show up week in and week out to, to kind of help assist Jill in making our kids' program work. And so they're amazing. And so this is Jill Anderson, our kids' pastor. Let's give it up for Jill and all her hard work. And uh, I'm gonna turn it over to you, Jill. All right, thank you so much. That was amazing. Let's give it up one more time for all these families, these kiddos. All right, parents, if you want to take your kids to class, you can do that. And uh, for, for the rest of us, a couple of things. If you have not grabbed communion, um, I encourage you right now to get up and grab it. It's on the back in that back table by the, the water cooler in a, in a basket. We're going to take communion together as a church family. What's up, Logan? How are you, Amelia? Hi, Betty. Awesome. All right. Hey, while the parents are dropping their kids off, we wanted to do something um, in addition to, to kind of bless these, the families today. And so on your seat are these, these cards. And I encourage you right now to, to just write a, a prayer or to write a, a passage of scripture that means a lot to you, or write a, a blessing. And so what we're gonna do is, is you can write these specifically if you go, man, I really wanna write something to one of those specific families, but I encourage you just to write one generally, and we're gonna just pass these out to, to our families um, today at lunch. And so um, right now, we're gonna just give you a minute or two. Caleb's gonna play some music in the background, and, uh, and we're gonna just, like, we wanna really prioritize this. And so take a minute or two, and, and literally, AT's got pens. If you need pens, just raise your hands um, and, and just write out a prayer, write out a, a, a blessing, write out a word of encouragement, something that you learned um, as, as, that you want to pass along to these parents that have served you well. And so we're going to take, you know, the next three or four minutes, just give you space to do this. And then you can hold on to those. And then when we're done today, we've got red baskets in the back that you can drop those in. And so right now, let's just take a few minutes, um, fill out these cards. All right. If you're writing, still writing, you can doing that. We're going to pass this red basket around and you can just drop your notes in there. If you're not finished, you can put that in the basket on the way out. Um, hey, we are uh, we're almost uh, finished 
today for, for our time together, but I'm, I'm excited about um, the rest of today. And so when, when we get done with church, we're going we're gonna to have a big meal together, and, um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We're, we're, we're going to set this room up. We're going to roll tables in here, and we've got food coming in. And we just encourage you to, to stay with us, and to, we're just trying to give us spaces to get to know these families more and to, to get to know their names and their kids. And so I invite you to, to stay with us. If you have plans this afternoon, cancel them. Like, there's no way they're as good as what we're about to do. And so, um, no, but, but we realize that there's something about a meal, sitting down and eating together, that, um, that's just super important. And, uh, and so I wanna just take a minute. We're gonna, we're gonna take communion here as a, as a family. And, you know, communion is something that followers of Jesus have, have been doing literally for thousands of years. And, and for us, you know, if, if, if you're a follower of Jesus, that, that you understand that, that communion or the Lord's Supper or Eucharist, whatever you call it, is, is something that has, has been going around for a long time, literally ever since Jesus, the night before he was crucified. And so that was the birthplace for, for us for communion. It was that, that night where Jesus said, hey, Take this bread and, and, and this blood and, and, or this juice and, and, and take this and, and remember me. Do this in remembrance of me. And, and so I was thinking about that, the significance of that meal in that moment. And to us, you know, as Christians, like that, that meal on the night before Jesus was crucified is incredibly important to us. But, but we can also kind of miss the, the bigger context of, of that meal. And so that, that specific meal was a meal that the Jewish people had been having literally for thousands and thousands of years that, that God commanded his people, hey, once a year on, on this night, which is called Passover, I want you to get together with your families and I want you to, to get in a house and I want you to, 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 to eat lamb and to, to eat bread and to eat these bitter herbs. And, and it was this moment where, where God set aside literally this, this tradition for his people to come. And, and the whole purpose of that night was to remember. To remember that there was a, a time where, where their ancestors, the, the Israelites, were in slavery in Egypt. That for 400 years, they didn't get to go and do what they wanted. That, that they were being ruled over and oppressed by the Egyptians. And, and on this particular night, God spoke to his people and says, If you will slaughter the lamb, if you'll put the lamb's blood on the house, every house that is covered by the blood of the lamb, I will pass over. And so even from, from the beginning of the story, what God was inviting is for his people to have faith in him. That, that those who took God at his word, that man, that, that if we put blood, that he's gonna pass over. And so those who, who, who lived and, 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 and obeyed the commands of God experienced the passing over. And the story goes that all those who neglected the word of God, man, they experienced death that night. And it was in this, the context of this Passover meal that, that Jesus sits down, this meal that the Jewish people had had for thousands of years where, where their minds look back, where they remember how, how God was truthful, how God was faithful, how God did not forget the people, but who, who rose up in a mighty way to deliver and to save them. And, and Jesus comes and, and in this meal, he takes this bread that they had been eating for thousands of years and this wine that they'd been drinking. And he says, do this in remembrance of me. It was a new moment. God was doing something new. God was doing something. And that meal would, 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 would come to define God's people in so many ways. I love how Paul writes it in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26. It says, verse 26, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, it says, proclaim, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. 
And I was thinking about that this week, man, that, that when we're, we're eating this bread, we're drinking this cup, we're proclaiming his death. Why is it important that we proclaim his death? Well, it's important so that we don't forget. And you're like, we're not going to forget. No, I'm not talking about forgetting. Of course, you're not going to forget that Jesus died for you, but our hearts forget. Like you forget in a heart level, it becomes my knowledge and God's not inviting us to, to sit down at the table and just check off a box. Okay, I remember you. He's going, no, remember, proclaim his death. It was his death that your sins were wiped, were wiped away. We proclaim his death as we take this and, and, and we were reminded that he died for us. When we proclaim his death as we take this meal, we, we realize that God was incredibly serious with our sin. And in a culture, in a, in a society that, that treats sin really hap, hap, haphazardly, we go, no, God takes sin really seriously. The, 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 we proclaim his, his death and we remember that, that he took our place. That it was in that moment that Jesus didn't exercise his rights and his power. No, he held back. He denied himself. It was in the death of Jesus that the wrath of God was poured out on him. And I love that Paul says we proclaim his death, but he doesn't just say we proclaim his death. He says, until he comes. And so every moment that we take the bread and we take the juice, what we're saying is that Christ, we believe you're coming back. We believe that, that you're going to come back and you're going to right the wrongs in the world, that you're going to raise the dead, that you're going to forgive, and, and you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna take us to be with you fully forever in, in heaven. And so communion is this moment where we look back and, and we let our hearts feel what Christ did for us on the cross, that it's personal, but it's also this anticipation. Guys, this world is going to let us down over and over and over and over again. We put our hope in anything other than Jesus. It lets us down. Over and over and over again. I got a, a bike yesterday. I found this bike on Facebook Marketplace. So excited. Get home. Tell the kids, hey, we're going to go for a bike ride. It's the first bike that I've had since we've had kids. And I get on the bike and the tire's running into the frame. <laughs> Can't ride the bike. And, and I found myself getting so frustrated. And I'm going, what's happening? What's happening in my heart? Oh, I, I, my hope. <laughs> like, I, I, I expected something more from this world. And I go, guys, as we take this bread, as we drink this cup, we're, we're proclaiming this world does not satisfy us. Christ, we long for you. And so as much as we remember him, we anticipate him. We long for him. We set our hearts in the moment that he will return. And so we're going to actually take communion together as a church family. And I want to try something. This might completely fail. And if it does, you know, you're still going to have your faith. And so that's okay. But I thought about the, you know, there are a lot of guests here this morning, a lot of family, um, but there's also a whole lot of wisdom. And, and I thought about Psalm 145, where it says that one generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. And so this morning, what I want to do is, is I want to invite us into, into that spirit of, of, of telling and proclaiming the righteousness of God, the good works that God has done. And so you think about it at a table, you know, Thanksgiving, whatever table you're sitting at, or, or when, you, when you have a, you know, the, the night before a wedding, you're sitting down at a table. And isn't true that, that often you have all these side conversations going on. You know, you sit down and you're talking to your brother, you're talking to your friend, whatever. But there's also moments where, where everyone is quiet at the table and one person is talking. 
and everyone is, is listening and they're tuning in to that one person that's talking and, and everyone is honed in there. And it's that spirit that, that I want us to kind of lean into this morning. And so here's what I'm gonna invite us to do. I'm just gonna invite a couple of us and it might just be one because maybe only one person will do it. But um, man, to, to stand up and just to share, you know, one to three sentences. What is something that God has done in your life? And it can be something really specific, like, man, God healed me from this. Or, man, God, you know, God, God answered this specific prayer. Or, or God saved my marriage. It can be something specific, or it can be something really general where you just go, man, God has been so faithful. God has provided. And so what I want to do is just like this, there, there, there's been a lot of talking from, from this person this morning. And, and I want to invite us as a church to, to share and to talk and to learn from one another. And so I encourage you to, to think. And so I'm just going to just pray right now, just a quick prayer. God, would you call to mind just a way that, that you have worked in our lives? In the name of Jesus, I pray.